Good Sunday morning, and welcome to Forgiven, the weekly radio broadcast of Northeast Baptist Church of Danbury. We're happy that you tuned in today, and we hope you will find the program beneficial to you. Now, here's our pastor, Joe Vassell. Today, I feel a little bit like a salesman, like I'm trying to persuade every listener to try the wonderful product that I'm selling to you. I'm actually a lousy salesman. If I had to live off a straight commission, I'd starve. That's just not my gift. But then again, when we really believe in the quality of what we're selling, any one of us is a tremendous salesperson. Anyhow, what am I advertising today? Well, nothing that'll require you to reach for your wallet. No, what I'm advancing today is unfortunately one of the best kept secrets in the world. Everybody ought to know about this. But sadly, very few people do. In fact, I'd say this. What I'm going to tell you about today, even though it's all about God and it's all through the Bible, it's something that even most born-again Christians don't know much about. I want to talk to you for a few minutes about the wonderful privilege, the wonderful opportunity that every human being has to live in covenant with God. The opportunity to live in covenant with God. That may not sound very appealing to you. In fact, you may have already decided that you don't need it, that you're good without it. But since you probably don't know what it's all about, why don't you keep doing what you're doing for a minute while you listen, and let me see if I can show you just how big an opportunity this is. The God of the Bible, the creator of the universe, the almighty, everlasting, omniscient, omnipresent, triune Jehovah God, he is a God who is looking for people who are willing to enter into covenant with him. Now, let me stop right here and just talk for a minute about that word covenant. We've all heard it, but let's make sure we're clear in what it means. In our society, we're all very familiar with contracts. We've agreed to more contracts than we're even aware of. I mean, how often does a terms and conditions box pop up on your computer and you just check the box or click yes and you keep moving? Remember when you first started out with your computer and you still operated on the principles you were raised with? I don't agree to anything until I've read every word. But now, man, every program, every app, every add-on, it upgrades every other week. And before you can continue, you have to read a brand new 27 pages of terms and conditions. And you say, all the heck with it. And you click, I agree, and continue. And I tell you what, if the people who write the terms and conditions ever go corrupt on us, they're going to own all of us because we'll just keep clicking our lives away. But every time we click on another set of terms and conditions, we've agreed to another contract. And then, of course, there are the contracts that are more obvious to us. If you rent an apartment or a house, you signed a lease. If you have a mortgage, there was that big stack of papers that you had to sign every single page of at the closing. Man, I couldn't believe the kind of terms the attorney was reading to us. If the Tankitiki Indian tribe comes back and wants to dig up all the rocks on my property, I agree to let them. Wow! But I just want to get my house key and get out of here, so I'll sign on the line. 
You also have a contract with your car. You have a contract with your phone, contracts with your insurance. We all understand contracts. So, is a covenant the same as a contract? Well, no, it's not. There are some similarities. For example, both a contract and a covenant provide us with understanding about a relationship. But a contract is very different from a covenant in many ways. For example, a contract is based on law. A covenant is based in love. A contract protects me from you, and it protects you from me. A covenant protects us as a team from whatever might threaten us. And if one of us is what threatens us, a covenant helps us work through it in a way that hopefully strengthens us individually and collectively. When you enter into a contract, you're saying, I know what's required of me, but this is what I expect from you. When you enter into a covenant, you're saying, this is what I have to offer, and I'll always do my best to give it. And though I need you to be there for me, I'm not going to be demanding anything of you. It's you that I want. A contract is cold, harsh, and rigid. A covenant is warm, helpful, and forgiving. A contract is necessary when we lack trust for each other. A covenant has the potential to build our trust in each other. The very presence of a contract says, I don't trust you. But the presence of a covenant says, I'm willing to take a risk to build a relationship with you based on trust. Probably the most familiar covenant to the average person is marriage. Marriage, as God intended it to be, is a covenant. Now, we've added prenuptial agreements and so forth, which are contracts that say we don't trust each other. But marriage is supposed to be a covenant, a relationship based in love and trust. And my personal opinion is, if you think you need a prenuptial agreement, you're not ready to get married. And this isn't the person you should be marrying. And that's not legal advice I just gave. That was a pastor giving spiritual advice. What greater threat to marriage is there than the notion that we're going to start out making it clear that we don't trust each other? Marriage is supposed to be a covenant, a love agreement, a trust relationship. There's another relationship that we all know about that's a covenant, and that's friendship. You don't sign a contract to be someone's friend. You enter into a relationship of trust. If you've ever had a true friend, you know that there's nothing like it in all of life. And what's great about friendship is that it can be incorporated into any other relationship of life. Going back to marriage, the best prenuptial agreement you can have is to genuinely be friends before you exchange wedding vows. My best friend in the world is my wife, and we were best friends before we were husband and wife. So the difference between a contract and a covenant can maybe be best understood by comparing the relationship you have with your mortgage company with the relationship you have with your closest friend. It's ironic, if you have a 30-year mortgage, you have a contract with that mortgage company, you're locked in for 30 years. And yet, if you have a friend that you've grown close to over the past 30 years, you don't consider yourself locked in. And yet, your commitment to that friend is a whole lot stronger than your commitment to the mortgage company. And that's a testimony to how powerful a covenant relationship is. Think about that. A covenant is something that's born in your heart, and it builds the strongest relationships in all of life. So let me go back to the statement that I made at the very beginning of the program. God is looking for people who are willing to enter into a covenant relationship with Him. 
The word covenant is used nearly 300 times in the Bible, and most of those times is describing a covenant between God and man. God makes covenants with man so that man will know what God is doing, so that man will know where he stands with God, so that man will know what God expects of him, and so that man can know that he's secure in God. The Bible tells us that God made a covenant with the whole earth through Noah after the flood. It says in Genesis chapter 9, God spake unto Noah and to his sons with him, saying, And I, behold, I establish my covenant with you, and with your seed after you, and with every living creature that is with you, of the fowl, of the cattle, and of every beast of the earth with you. And I will establish my covenant with you, neither shall all flesh be cut off any more by the waters of a flood, neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, This is the token of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be for a token of a covenant between me and the earth. The Bible tells us that God made a covenant with Abraham. Genesis chapter 17. And I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee, all the land of Canaan, for an everlasting possession, and I will be their God. And God said unto Abraham, Thou shalt keep my covenant, therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. The Bible says that God made a covenant with David. In Psalm 89, it says, I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. God is looking for people who will choose to live in covenant with him. And the safest place, the most peaceful place, the most secure place in all the world is the place of living in covenant with God. We all know we're weak. We make mistakes. We fail. We mess up. But when you're living in covenant with God, He never gives up on you. He helps you get back on track. He protects you. He provides for you. He teaches you. He leads you. He loves you. No matter what. When you're in covenant with God and you fall into sin, your loving Heavenly Father forgives you. He helps you back up, and He helps you get back on track. When you're in covenant with God and you make a horrible mistake, your loving Heavenly Father patiently strengthens you and helps you fix what's been broken, and He never, ever gives up on you. If your life seems too random, too insecure, if you lack a foundation of love that gives you the strength upon which to build your love for other people, if you need the assurance that you have God's acceptance and His approval, if you're looking for the ultimate peace and purpose in life, enter into covenant with God. Accept God's invitation to live in a covenant relationship with Him. And if you don't know what that means, I'll explain it to you. First, I think you'll enjoy one of my favorite songs that describes what it means to live in covenant with God. Listen as my wife sings it for you. The eyes of God are upon me. He sees everything I do. The 
looking for people who will choose to live in covenant with Him. And the safest place, the most peaceful place, the most secure place in all the world is the place of living in covenant with God. If you are living in covenant with God, you know what a wonderful, peaceful, secure place it is. If you're not living in covenant with God, I pray that you'll consider choosing this peaceful, protected lifestyle that God wants to give you. The core of God's covenant with man, the whole basis and focus of it, is God's Word, the Bible. In fact, the Bible is basically a description of what you can count on when you choose to live in covenant with God, and also what to expect if you refuse God's covenant. God requires one thing of us if we choose to enter into covenant with Him. Yes, just one requirement. It's not an easy requirement, especially at first, but it is just one simple requirement. In order for any person to enter into covenant with God, God requires that person to have faith. Faith is taking God at His word. It's believing that God is who He says He is and that He'll do what He says He'll do. If we truly believe that God is who He says He is, and that he'll do what he says he'll do, then we're ready to accept his invitation to enter into a covenant relationship with him. We're ready to enjoy the love, the joy, the peace, and the security that only God can give us. You see, this peace that the Bible tells us about, it's not just a feeling. It'll create positive and peaceful feelings in your heart and soul, but the peace and the joy 
and the love that comes from living in covenant with God is a matter of truth and fact. It's the result of knowing what God has done for you, of knowing what he says he will do for you, and of knowing the character and the heart of your loving, gracious God, and knowing that he has never failed you, and therefore that he never will. And that knowledge of God is rooted in what God tells us about himself in the Bible. But now, you don't have to be an expert on the Bible in order to enter into covenant with God. You simply need to know a Bible promise and have an accurate understanding of what that promise means. Once you know God's promise and understand it, then you've got to decide in your heart that you believe it. If you truly believe it, your life will line up with it. And then every new promise that you discover teaches you a new facet of the character of God. And that's how your covenant relationship with God grows over time. One of my favorite promises and one that has defined my relationship with God since I was a teenager is found in Matthew 6:33. Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. If you were to read this verse in its full context, you'd see clearly that the these things that Jesus promises refers to the basic needs of life. So this promise says, when you truly put God first in life, he promises that your needs will always be met. This is a promise of God's provision to everyone who makes God the top priority in his life. But let's be totally honest. Have I always made God my number one priority? Well, I try, but I have failed many times. In fact, to some extent, I'm sure I fail every day at making God my top priority. So, does God instantly revoke his provision to me? No, because remember, this is a covenant, not a contract. And when God offered this covenant to me, he knew that I was imperfect. He knew that he would always be completely faithful and consistent, but he knew that I would fail often. And with my frailties in mind, he extended to me the opportunity to take him at his word, to enter into covenant with him. What a God he is. Another of my favorite promises is Isaiah 26, verse 3. There the prophet Isaiah is speaking to God, stating a promise of God. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I fell in love with that verse, of all places, in the dentist chair. A few years back, I had some major dental work that had to be done, and it required me to have some teeth pulled. I had never had my wisdom teeth pulled, and in addition, I needed some others pulled for a total of five lower teeth. This was all part of a series of dental procedures. So when they were walking me through the procedures in the office, before we even scheduled any appointments, the man asked me, you don't want all five teeth pulled on the same day, do you? You want them spread out a little, right? And I said, well, can I do them all at once? He said, yeah, if you want to. I said, well, let's get it over with. So next he said, well, do you want us to put you out while we pull your teeth? And I said, does that cost extra? He said, yes, several hundred dollars extra. I said, nah, I don't need you to put me out. Then the big day came, the day that they were pulling all five teeth in the same visit without any anesthesia. And I wasn't feeling so brave anymore. They walked me down the hallway to the chair, and I sat down. They got me all ready. They numbed my mouth with Novocaine. I closed my eyes, and I began to pray, God, this might have been a dumb decision of mine. Help me through this. 
My mind went right away to the Bible, to Isaiah 26, 3. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. I repeated those words again and again in my mind. And then I began to break down the verse piece by piece, phrase by phrase, to consider what each statement was telling me about my God. These thoughts were in the forefront of my mind, while in the back of my mind I was thinking, when are they going to start pulling teeth? I thought about that word, keep, and what it means to be kept by God. When God keeps you, you are as safe and secure as you will ever be. God was promising to keep me, to protect me, to completely take care of me. And then it says, in perfect peace. God's going to keep me. He's going to keep me in peace. And he's going to keep me in perfect peace. And what does he ask of me? He asks that I keep my mind stayed on him. Just focus on God. Think about him. Let thoughts of God fill my mind and heart. If I'll keep my mind stayed on God, he will keep me in perfect peace. Then there's this incredible statement at the end of the verse, because he trusteth in thee. I had never noticed that before. The person whose mind is focused on God is trusting in God. And the person who is trusting in God will always work to keep his mind focused on God. I laid there in the dentist's chair with my mind just lost in the depths of the truths of Isaiah 26.3, completely oblivious to anything else. I guess I was in a state of perfect peace. I don't know how else to describe it. And the next thing I know, the dental assistant said, all done. Now, I thought he meant that they were all done with the first tooth because I was barely even aware that they'd done anything. So I lifted my five fingers in the air and said, all five? except my mouth was full of gauze, so it was more like, he said, yes, sir, all five. I couldn't believe it. They had pulled five teeth, and I'm telling you, I was just barely aware of it. I don't expect you to believe me, but I was as unaware of what they were doing as if they had given me anesthesia. And the verse that God had brought to my mind was the very promise that he would fulfill in bringing me through it. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. If that were just a one-time experience, I wouldn't put much stock in it. But I'm telling you, that's the way God leads and protects and provides every single day. Yes, I face challenges and difficulties just like you do. The alternator goes out on the car an hour away from home. The furnace dies on a cold night. Bad news from the doctor. Life is life. It's never easy. And it's usually not fair. But when you're in covenant with God, He's got you covered. He doesn't eliminate the obstacles. He walks you through them. He always keeps His word. You always have a place right next to God. He always looks upon you with love and affection. And no matter what, He never gives up on you. I would never want to live without being in covenant with God. Wouldn't you like to enter into covenant with God? God's covenant promises everlasting life and forgiveness of sins 
to the person who receives Jesus Christ as his Savior. That's where the covenant always must begin. The Bible says in John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. What's God's part of the covenant? He's already given his Son for our sins and he waits to give us everlasting life. What is your part? Same as every other promise. Whosoever believeth in him. God waits for you to take him at his word. Jesus said in John 5:24, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Now that's present tense. You have everlasting life the moment you believe on Jesus. Hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. God offers you an everlasting covenant. Everlasting. He will never revoke it once you accept it. Its provisions are paid for by Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross. He died for our sins. He traded His righteousness for our sins. He rose from the dead. Death is conquered for everyone who chooses to enter into covenant with Him. And now the offer awaits your acceptance. You enter into this covenant by faith. You plead guilty to your sinful condition and you believe that Jesus' death on the cross is your only hope for forgiveness. Won't you accept God's invitation right now? If your answer is yes, you can tell God yourself. Just talk to God. Tell Him that you know you've sinned against Him. Tell God that you know that Jesus died for your sins. Ask God to forgive your sins. And tell Him that you're receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Everything that you just prayed comes straight from the Bible. If you chose to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today, you just entered into a personal covenant relationship with Almighty God. By faith, you took God at His word. You trusted Him. This is the beginning of your relationship with God in which He guarantees that you have everlasting life. And He makes promise after promise to protect you and to provide for you as you take Him at His word. If I can help you to strengthen your covenant relationship with God, please email me at forgiven at nbcdanbury.org. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for tuning in today. God bless you, and have a great week. The people of Northeast Baptist Church thank you for spending a few minutes with us this morning. We appreciate your time, and we hope that you enjoyed the Forgiven broadcast. If you would like to share your thoughts about the program, you can call us at 203-798-7088. Northeast Baptist Church is an independent Baptist church located at 101 East Pembroke Road in Danbury. We invite you to worship with us at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. Our worship service won't remind you of a funeral, and it won't remind you of a rock concert. It's just a little bit of heaven on earth. We'll see you again next Sunday morning at 7. God bless you. Have a great week. I am the child. I stand here forgiven. My sins have been cast in.